You are listening to Message Rewind from Discovery Church. Happy Easter, everybody. Man, I'm so glad that you guys are here with us this morning. Listen, I got to tell you, uh, the first, so this is the second worship experience, our first group, we had all the shouters, the ameners, and, and, and so I need y'all to help me out this morning. I preach faster. Uh, it, there it is. I preach faster if you're responding. Uh, and so just thank you so much for being here this morning. Uh, I want to welcome everyone who's online. Welcome. Hey, guys, could we welcome our online community this morning? We're glad that you're here with us. Uh, we've been having a little light issues, and so if it flickers, just pretend like you don't see it, and uh, we'll get through it. And uh, yeah, so we'll just pretend. Um, so if you got your Bibles, turn with me to Matthew chapter 8. Matthew chapter 28, excuse me, verse 1 through 6. We're going to be looking at the Easter story. I love Easter because I really only have one thing to preach. And so I'm not having to worry about, like, what am I going to talk about? Like, you guys get the same great story every year on Easter. And so, uh, so it was good. Matthew chapter 28, it says this. Early on Sunday morning, as the new day was dawning, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went out to visit the tomb. Suddenly there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven, rolled aside the stone, and sat on it. Verse 3, his face shone like lightning, and his clothing was as white as snow. The guards shook with fear when they saw him, and they fell into a dead faint. Then the angel spoke to the woman, don't be afraid, he said. I know you're looking for Jesus who was crucified, but he's not here. He is risen from the dead, just as he said it would happen, just as he said would happen. Uh, let's pray and then we'll jump into the message. Father, I thank you for today. God, I thank you for the message of the cross, the message of the empty tomb. Father, I pray that uh, that your words, God, would come forth in clarity and in boldness. God, we want to leave here changed, not for our own benefit, God, but so that we can change the world around us. We love you so much. In Jesus' name, come on, everyone say Amen, amen, amen. Hey, guys, so I think I have just recently crossed the threshold of feeling young to feeling old. I know what you're saying, John. You look like you're 18. Chill, okay? <laughs> but, but I feel like I've reached this place like where, where I no longer feel like a little lad, but I now feel like a grown-up. And here's what, how I came to this, this conclusion, this realization, is because I recently said to myself, wait for it, I recently said to myself, kids these days, <laughs> right, like have, have you, no, I guess never mind, I'm not going to ask that, I don't want you to raise your hand, but like I said that to myself, I said kids these days, like oh. My goodness. So it actually happened. We were at lunch, and um, we were at a, an Italian restaurant, and we ordered some breadsticks. How many of you guys just love those warm breadsticks? You know, like when they bring whipped butter out, and you just kind of, it's just, it's just there. The whipped butter, the marinara, the ranch. And, and so we're eating these breadsticks. I'm just enjoying the carbs because carbs like, I don't care if bread makes you spread. Like, it's good, right? Like, and, and so, like, I'm just enjoying these, 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 these carbs. And, uh, and then all of a sudden, there was one left in the basket. Now, 
I don't know if this was universal, but I was raised that if there is one thing left over, before you grab it, you're always going to ask, hey, does anybody else want this? Was anybody else raised that way? Is it just me? Okay, it seems like it's just me. So um, I've lost a lot of things because I've asked uh, other people first. And, and, and so, so I was raised like, ask. Make sure no one else at the table wants this last whatever it is before I do. So I'm about to ask the people that I'm with, I'm about to ask him if they want the last breadstick. And before I even get to the question, man, this little Gen Zer grabs the, the, the breadstick, takes it and starts eating it. And I was like, oh, he didn't even ask. And that's when I said, kids these days, I was singing about this, like, I was, because, like, all of a sudden, if I can just confess to you, like, I started getting a little angry. I was upset that this kid took the last breadstick. I was like, I wanted it. I wanted the bread. I was a little, I was a little perturbed. <laughs> you guys like that word? Uh, that, 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 that he took the breadstick. He didn't even ask. He didn't even ask if, if I wanted it. I would have said yes. But he took the breadstick. And so, so he took the breadstick. I'm a little angry now. I'm just a little upset because, like, that's it. There's no more breadsticks. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, a server majestically stepped forward ah, with, a, with a fresh basket of breadsticks. And I was like, thank you, Jesus. You are amazing. And I dove right into those breadsticks. But I was thinking about this, this idea of, like, thinking it was the last one and being bummed out. And uh, there is no greater feeling than thinking something is finished only to discover there's more to come, especially when you want it, right? And so I was thinking about this concept, and it dawned on me that, friends, this is Easter. That's what Easter is. It's, it's this idea that Jesus was, was crucified. He was taken down from the cross. He was shoved in the tomb. A ro uh, they, they rolled a, a, a rock in front of the, a stone in front of the, 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 the tomb entrance. And in that moment, all of Jesus' friends, family, followers, they all were like, huh, there goes the last breadstick. Right? Like they're, they're, they're sad because they think that is it. They think that, that it is now finished, that there's nothing else. Now, you and I, we get this amazing privilege because we know the end of the story. Like we're able to flip a couple chapters, look on the page, and we're like, guys, he's not dead. He's alive. Woo. But people during this time, they didn't know what was happening. They thought it was done. They saw, they saw the, 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 the tomb enclosed. They thought it was finished. Man, but I'm so glad that God is not limited by my perspective. Isn't that true? Aren't you glad that God is not limited by what you can see? Like, I'm so glad that when I think that things are done, God's like, no, keep going. I'm so glad that when I think something is finished, God's like, no, it's just beginning. Like when I think things, when, when I see a period, God sees a comma. Like I'm so glad that he is not bound by my limited perspective of what I see. That even though what I see on the front may be happening, I could believe in faith that God's working in the background. Come on, somebody. 
And so, so here is here are the disciples. They 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 see they, they they see Jesus in the tomb. They think that's it. They think it's finished. They think there is nothing left. But I love the fact that God wasn't done in that moment. I love the fact that on the third day in the morning, early Sunday morning, come on, Jesus, God's power raised Jesus from the dead. That Jesus is no, oh, y'all should be shouting right now. That Jesus was no longer in the tomb. He was no longer bound to death, but he was victorious over death. That the tomb is now empty. And so what I want us to do this morning is, is, is to look at why the empty tomb benefits you and me. See, because Jesus, really, his mission was completed once he was resurrected. Like his whole purpose, his whole mission to come into earth was, 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 was to die a sacrificial death for you and I. So if I'm Jesus, right, like I just got... The snot kicked out of me on the cross. I just died. They just buried me. All of a sudden, God's like, Poof. ah, like I'm, I'm alive. I'm like, peace. This earth thing's crazy. <laughs> right? Like I'm like, I'm going. Have a great day. But not Jesus. In fact, we read in John chapter 20, Jesus makes four stops before he ever ascends into heaven. And so what I want us to do this morning is I want us to look at those four stops that he made. Because in each stop that Jesus made, he addressed an issue that I think will, will, um, that we all will be able to, to uh, relate to in, in, in some, some shape or form. And so this morning, I want to give you four reasons why you want the empty grave to be true. Four reasons why you want the empty grave to be true to be true. And here it is, number one. The empty grave, the first reason why you want the empty grave to be true is because the empty grave addresses my pain. The empty grave addresses my pain. John chapter 20, verse 11. Mary was standing outside of the tomb crying. And as she wept, she stooped and looked in. So here's what's taking place. Jesus, he just died. He's in the tomb. Mary's coming to pay her respects to Jesus. She gets to the tomb. She looks in, and Jesus is gone. She, she begins to freak out. She doesn't understand the beauty of the empty tomb. She sees it, and she thinks someone moved it, moved Jesus' body, or stole Jesus' body. And so she's looking in, and she just becomes distraught. She's crying. She's freaking out. She's hurt. She just lost her. She just lost her her, her, her. her teacher, her leader. And I was thinking about this. And isn't it so easy how our pain can can uh, can can skew our perspective? Right? Like she looked in the tomb, but because she didn't fully understand what was taking place, she looked in the tomb, and and, and she realized. She, she, she looked in the empty tomb and, and it was, it was, it, it brought her pain. It brought her, it, it brought her grief rather than what it should have done. And so here she is. She's weeping. She's crying. She just lost someone that, that she cared about. There's just this pain that she's dealing with. I wonder this morning how many of us in the room that are watching or that are watching online can relate to the idea of pain in our life. 
Like this idea of, of pain, of, of experiencing something that was so hurtful, so painful that you're just, you, you can't even handle. Like you just, like all you can do is cry. All you can do is weep because it hurts so bad. This is Mary. This is what Mary's feeling in this moment. But I'm so glad that Jesus wasn't in the tomb. Because what Jesus does, because the tomb is empty, Jesus sees Mary and he addresses her. He kind of just like shows up and he says this. He says, Mary. And Mary's like, ah! right? She, she, she's shocked. She thought he was dead. She, she didn't realize that Jesus was alive. And, 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 and I'm reading this, and, and what I love about this idea is that Jesus knew Mary by name. And in her most painful moments that we can read, Jesus identified her by her name. Here's what I want you to get from this. The, the, you, want the empty, the empty, you want the grave to be empty because Jesus, because Jesus wants to address your pain where you're at, and he wants, like, he knows what you're going through. He knows the hurt that you're dealing with. He knows the pain that you're feeling, the frustration of, of the, the, the hurt that someone may have done to you. Like, he knows. And he's not like, he, he didn't say to her, hey, woman, hey, lady, hey, miss. Because he's not an impersonal God, he's a personal God. And he said, Mary, listen, this morning, I don't know what pain, what hurt you're going through, but I do understand that there is a God who loves you, who understands your pain. He wants to address your pain. He wants to speak to your pain. So the first reason why the empty grave, why I want the empty grave to be true is because the empty grave addresses my pain. The second reason why I want the empty grave to be true is because the empty grave addresses my fear. The empty grave addresses my fear. So Jesus, he just visited Mary. Mary was in pain. She was hurt. He addressed her. He moves on, and he goes to meet with some of the disciples. And we read this in John chapter 20, verse 19. That Sunday evening, the disciples were meeting behind locked doors because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders. So, so here we go. Like that, that morning, Jesus... Um, or excuse me, that evening, the disciples, they, they, they came to this realization like, hey, if they killed our leader, we're probably next. And so they become fearful. And what we read is that they go home, they lock their doors because they're afraid of what's on the other side. And I was thinking about this, of how fear, like what fear does to us. It's amazing how fear kept these disciples from moving into what God had for them. See, because I'm pretty sure that when Jesus died on the cross, like his whole point of dying on the cross was not for them to be fearful, but for them to live in power. And, and, and so I've come to this realization that sometimes my fear keeps me captive from what God wants me to do. And so, so here I am, like, like I live in this box of fear, this room of fear. My door's locked. I don't want anything. I, like, just stay away. Like, I'm locking myself away. But the empty tomb 
has given me authority to step out of my fear. See, when, when everyone was, was afraid in the locked door and, and, and they were fearful of what was happening, all of a sudden Jesus once again just, poof, he appears. They actually think that he walked through the door. So like, Jesus, I, we don't know how you got here. Like, the, the door's locked. How in the world did you get here? And I love this because while they're afraid of what's on the other side of the door, Jesus steps through that door. As if to say Jesus stepped through their fear. As if to say Jesus stepped through the barrier that was preventing them from going to where he had called them to go. And he steps through that fear. And here's what he says. I love it. He says, peace be with you. Peace be with you. Come on, some of you this morning, if you're struggling with fear, with, with, with the unknown, like the word of the Lord this morning is peace be with you. The empty grave means peace be with you. The empty grave means that you don't no longer have to live in fear, but you can choose peace. And I love that. The empty grave. Number two, the empty grave addresses my fear. Number three, and then we could have the keys up, and I'm, I'm done, and we're going to eat something. I don't know. Maybe breadsticks, huh? Number three, the empty grave addresses my discouragement. The empty grave addresses my discouragement. So maybe you're here this morning in, in uh, you're, you're not, you don't have a hurt inside of you. Maybe you're here this morning and, um, and you're not afraid. But Jesus' third trip, he, he meets his disciples again. He actually meets with Thomas. We're going to come back to Thomas, so Thomas is going to stay here. But he goes over to the rest of the disciples, and uh, they're about to go fishing. Do we have any people that like fishing in here? Yeah, okay, we'll pray for you afterwards. Because <laughs> fishing is boring, in my opinion, in my opinion, right? Like, actually, this is a side note, I have time. Um, <laughs> never mind, never mind. So here's what Jesus says in John, or here, here's what's taking place. John chapter 21, verse 3. Simon Peter said, I'm going fishing. The other disciples said, we'll come too. So they went out in the boat, but they caught nothing all night long. So here are these disciples. They're, 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 they're going fishing. They're in the boat. And, and scripture says that they, they were fishing all night long. And they caught nothing. This is why I don't fish. Because I don't catch anything. And so these disciples are sitting there all night trying to catch a fish, but they catch nothing. And what I think is important to understand about this is that this was not just like a hobby for the fishermen. This was their livelihood. This is how they put food on their table. Like... If they caught no fish, they had no money. And, and not only that, now they're, they're fishing, and, but they also just lost someone that they love. And so it, it's almost as if things are, are, are piling up one after the other after the other. Have you ever experienced that? When it rains, it storms, right? And like, have you ever just been to that place where it just feels like, man, if that's not enough, something else happens. And if that's not, not enough, something else happens. 
And in those moments, when things begin to pile up, at least for me, I become discouraged. At least for me, I become hopeless. Is that anyone else this morning? And so here are the disciples. They just lost their best friend, Jesus. They've been fishing all night. They can't find they, they can't catch anything. They're sitting in this boat, and I imagine that they were discouraged. They were hopeless. I'm so glad that the grave is empty. Because Jesus popped up on the scene again. Jesus, he's on the shore and he sees his friends in the boat, discouraged, hopeless. And he says this, he says, hey, hey, hey. Throw your net, 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 net on the other side, sides. So the disciples are in their boat, they're like, is that Jesus? He's telling us to throw the net on the other side. They're like, what do we have to lose? <laughs> they take their net. They throw it on the other side of the boat. And then all of a sudden, Scripture says that they caught so much fish that the net couldn't contain it. Man, imagine how happy they were in that moment. Imagine how happy they were, like how, how things changed from being discouraged and being hopeless to all of a sudden just, just catching all of these fish. But these disciples, they had, they had, they, they had to, resp they had to decide what they were going to do. Like they, they could have been like, hey, we've been here all night. We're going in. We're, we're, we're going back home. This is crazy. Or they could have just trusted Jesus. See, this morning, if you're here and, and you've been hopeless, you found disappointment in just life. Come on, the, em the empty grave is beneficial to you. See, because the empty grave allowed Jesus to say, hey, trust me. Like, do you trust Jesus enough to even if you fell down, to get back up? See, that's all Jesus is asking for. I know that it seems hopeless, but do you trust me? Like, I know it seems like nothing is going right, but do you trust me? And here's the deal. He's not asking us to be perfect. He's just asking us to get up. He's not asking us to be perfect. He's just asking us to take the net and throw it on the other side. Do you trust me? God, I don't want to fall down again. Do you trust me? God, do you trust me? Just trust me. Come on, the empty grave addresses my discouragement addresses my hopelessness and number four and then we're done the empty grave 
addresses my hesitancy or the empty grave addresses my doubt. So here we go, Jesus, he visits Mary, he addresses her pain. Then he visits the disciples and he addresses their fear. Then he goes to the other disciples and he addresses their discouragement. And then he gets to this guy named Thomas. Now, what I should have told you is that when Jesus was over here and he met with the disciples, Thomas wasn't there. And so, so uh, when Thomas got back, his friends, the disciples were like, Thomas, you just missed him. Jesus was here. And Thomas is like, good one, guys. <laughs> Funny. They're like, no, no, he was really here. Like, he was here. And Thomas is like, watch, actually, let me read this. In, in, in John 20, verse 25. They said, we've seen the Lord, but he replied, he being Thomas, I won't believe it unless I see the nail wounds in his hands. And then he goes a little too far. Put my fingers into them. Okay, you need help, Thomas. And place my hand into the wound in his side. Okay, so Thomas, clearly, he's just, he just needs a little proof. Right? So here's Thomas. They're like, they're like, Thomas, Jesus was here. I don't believe it. And I won't believe it until I can actually place my fingers inside of his wounds. To which we're like, hmm, nasty. And then when they're talking, and Thomas is, 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 is like, nope, I don't believe it. Again fourth time, Jesus pops up on the scene. And I love what Jesus does here. And I think this is so important. And this is where we're closing. I love what Jesus does here. Because when he appears to Thomas, like he doesn't say to Thomas, get away, man. You couldn't believe your friends? Go. Go whatever but what what Jesus says he says Thomas come here he's like you need proof that I'm alive he's like okay and and he 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 allows Thomas to like touch his wounds like what I want you to see is that Jesus was embracing Thomas's doubts and here's why that's so important is because there's some of you here this morning. You hear us talking about the empty grave and you hear us talking about the victory that comes from the empty grave and this idea that Jesus was resurrected and you're thinking, you're sitting there and you're thinking that is crazy talk, John. It's impossible. It makes no sense. Like some of you are here this morning you actually don't even know why you're here. Like you were dragged here. Like someone was like, hey, I'll buy you lunch if you come to church. Please come. Like, like, like some of you, you don't even know why you're here, but I do want you to understand this. You may not have known why you're here, but God knew you would be here. Because today's a moment for you. And you're sitting there and you're thinking like this whole Easter thing, it makes no sense. It's so bizarre. Like this guy is like, I just don't get it. 
what I want you to know this morning is that Jesus wants to embrace your doubts. He's not turned off by it. But I feel like Jesus is like, hey, you want proof? Here I am. You want proof? Trust me when you're going through something. You want proof? Give me your pain. You want proof? Give me your hopelessness. He's not intimidated by your hesitancy. He's not intimidated by your doubt. He's calling you. He's saying, come on. Because he loves you that much. So this morning, as I close, I'm, I'm going to pray. I've got one more verse for you. Romans chapter 8 and verse 11. Is this the Apostle Paul wrote this the Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you and just as God raised Christ from the dead he will give life to your body by the same Spirit living with you listen we are victorious the same power that raised Jesus from the dead has like he's like I want to live in Thank you for listening to Message Rewind. Come back every Monday night at 5 p.m. to hear the latest message from Discovery Church.